You have to really like take a step back and think like, what do I think success looks like? And like, what do I want? So success isn't necessarily dollars. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call and help show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula, founder of Unique Markets. Each week, I answer some of the most pressing questions from entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives. We talk about social media. We talk about growing and scaling. We talk about marketing. The reason this podcast exists is because the fact is most businesses will not make it to five years. I've had multiple businesses for over a decade now, and I really want to make sure that you have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So tune in weekly as I help business owners face their sh**. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to let everyone listening know that it's the last episode of season one. So if you have not subscribed yet, you definitely want to do so because we have two amazing bonus episodes coming up. Plus, we've got season two coming soon, so you won't miss any of the new episodes if you make sure to subscribe. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and all the amazing feedback. And now for the last episode. Hello. Hi, is this Monia? Yes, hello. We're speaking with guest Monia Patel, owner of Shanti Wellness, an adaptogenic and CBD wellness company. Monia started Shanti Wellness after working in law and marketing and finding herself pretty unhappy in the field. It was being fired, in fact, that led her to pursue her passion for wellness products and start Shanti Wellness. We talk about a lot in this episode. From creative ways to increase sales when you can't legally advertise your products, to redefining success and not being afraid or embarrassed to admit to customers that you are a small business, not a corporation. And remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode for Sonia's top takeaways designed to give you the best nuggets from each episode. Let's dive right in. So Shanti Wellness is an Ayurvedic-inspired wellness company offering CBD and adaptogenic blends. We launched in 2018 on my husband and co-founder's birthday in August. Mm -hmm. So we've been in business for about 10 months now. Our one-year anniversary is approaching. And our products range from ingestible CBD products, a topical CBD product, and um, ashwagandha Ayurvedic adaptogenic blend known as Tranquil, which is a supplement. Cool. And so what did you do before? What's your background? Marketing for professionals in specifically law firms. And I did that for a few years. And I was most recently in the corporate world and marketing manager for a law firm in Century City. That was in 2017. And I quit my job, quit slash got fired in uh, January 2018. It was like the second day of the year. Um, they called me in and it was like, Hey, you don't seem happy here. And I was like, yeah, I'm not. So, you know, which I, I, I was done there. So that was a year over a year and a half ago. It's interesting. And I love that you just like shared that basically you were fired because I was fired too. And lots of people listening potentially have also been fired Yeah, and people tend to like hide that. Oh, I was hiding it. Yeah, because there's like this embarrassment or the shame involved. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's like, like 
if you've gone through your life without being fired, then like... You might not have lived enough. Yeah, like that sounds crazy to say that, but I honestly think that like at some point in everyone's life, it's almost like this lesson that you get. Mm -hmm. And yeah, lots of people aren't going to experience that, but... Right. But the people that do, so like the unique market story and journey is that, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was on this, this show trading spaces Mm -hmm. and I got fired. I think that what happens when you are fired or let's say let go, you know, there's a lot of people working out there in certain industries that are not doing well right now with the economy. And so they get let go and you experience this like very, very dark place where you have to question everything. Mm -hmm. And the questioning of that brings you then to the, the answer to the next step, you know? And so I think that's actually, it's to me, getting fired is always like, if you are honest enough with yourself, getting fired is the best thing that can ever happen to you because you are then forced to like really look within and be like, what will make me happy? And like, why was I not doing a good job in that job so I can improve on it? Like, was I just not happy or was it that like, I'm terrible at sales or was it that I was consistently late every single day and I wasn't like respecting, you know, what I needed to be doing. So it, it forces you to like actually improve, which, you know, we could all be doing and should be doing all the time. You know, obviously your company is all about wellness. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of an interesting story on like how that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And for us to be having this conversation about wellness, because this is the first time of, and we've recorded a lot of podcasts already. This is the first episode where we actually mention even the word wellness. I I can't, I don't think I've said that word in any of the other episodes, which is really interesting. And, and for everyone listening, I think that, um, like when you said like, yeah, you, you know, you were trying to be hashtag successful, like success in society is being rich, you know, hundred percent. And that's not what success actually is. Success is doing something that you truly enjoy, you actually like what you do, you spend five days a week doing it. Like if you really think about that. I think you and I probably spend seven days a week doing it. Right. But But if you were to compare like if you think about it, you know, your work is the majority of your life. You spend less time with your family than you do with your coworkers and the people that you work with. So like when you put it that way, you have to really like take a step back and think like, what do I think success looks like? And like, what do I want my success story to be? And so it's Mm -hmm. different for everyone, but like right now you're not getting paid. You're not paying yourself because you're starting this company and that's okay. And that's what everyone does. I didn't pay myself for years. And so it's just one of those things. Like people looked at me within those first few years and I'm sure we're like, she's so successful. And like, yeah, I was right. because right. I was doing something that I loved and I was having having an impact on other people, which is what your company does. So success isn't necessarily dollars. Monetary, no. And I think that has been a huge mind shift. So let's start to help you with some of your biggest growing pain so that you can pay yourself a real salary. And then like the next step, the next amazing feeling is when you start writing checks to other people. And then that's like, oh, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, that feeling there's like, you know, there's a pressure that comes with that. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this like, 
people depend on you. Well, yeah, their well-being yeah. is now on me. Yeah. But I have to say that it's such an amazing feeling to know that you are directly responsible for someone's well-being. And, you know, yeah. PF Candle Co., they started selling at our markets years ago. And yeah. before uh, they had a different name, it was Palm Frites. She made jewelry. She made, she made a bunch of different items, not just candles. She figured out in order for her to scale the company and do something, she had to concentrate on one thing. So yeah. they concentrated on candles, changed the name to PF Candle Co. They're starting to get close to almost 100 employees. They've, they have a giant warehouse now. I think it's over 20,000 square feet. So That's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. There's all, you know, and that was just one woman that started it. One woman. That's so cool. She, and well, very similar to you, her then boyfriend was like, I'm in this, like, I'll help you. Let's scale this company. And so they work together. He's very much there in the company, but she was the founder originally. But, um, I, I tell you their story and everyone listening, because I think it's really important. People think that like, makers and small businesses are like small that they just stay like someone in their garage making their products Mm -hmm. and like that's really not the goal for most people and I think Mm -hmm. their inability to like ask for help or to educate themselves on like how to grow a business or how to how to scale how to get to that next level like keeps them there and being at that place is fine especially if you're an artist some people it's like much more about the craft like really personal individual work but with you you're creating products that like ideally you want to scale this company so what's your advice for people that are e-commerce based that can't drive traditionally drive traffic to their website you know I'd love to know if you have any insight yeah well it's super super interesting because you know normally in normal retail there's two ways to sell direct to consumer and then B2B wholesale so that then the retailers then sell your product in your store. So I'm curious and I don't know enough. I I know a bunch about the world that you're in, but I don't know yeah. enough. So like um, in California, for instance, where yeah. it is legal retail too, you know, can you... We be- actually... We are in retail. I should have mentioned that. Okay. Um, we do about double in our wholesale clients than we do by ourselves. Okay. So yep. that's great. Um, and CBD that's derived from hemp is a little bit different than cannabis. It's categorized right. differently. It's, right. So, you know, it's not going to be in the dispensaries and stuff, yep. but it can be in like CBD stores and boutiques and et cetera, et cetera. So like, you know, I really am working on our wholesale clients because that's kind of like the biggest way for me to make money right now mm-hmm. because they have retail stores and, you know, it's much easier for, for them to bring customers to retail and move product than, you know, to send them to their websites. Right. So, right. You know, but of course, me as a business, like our, with, with our markup, like you make much more money per product sold on your website. Of um, course, this is this is the, a conundrum every brand faces because yeah. if you could, because you know what, what? So when everyone could suddenly do direct consumer because of web sales, everyone mm-hmm. was like, this is amazing. Um, yeah. But and, and you get so used to that money. Yeah. Because you make all the profit. There's no middleman. Yeah. So it's yep. tough to then turn and pivot and say, okay, so I make a product for $5. So I sell it for $10 on the website, 
but I have to sell it in order to make that same amount of money. I'm going to have to like sell it, mark it up. The retailer is going to mark it up. You know, it's, it's an equation that is super old fashioned and it's what all retailers are struggling with. Um, you know, the whole industry is like, it's experiencing a whole thing because all of these brands and designers can sell direct to consumer at a certain price on their website. And then the retailers though need to compete. It's, it's created a lot of chaos, but so for you, I think you're already doing the right thing. So one, you need to be selling more wholesale. And I know you don't make as much money doing that, but it's going to be one of the only ways that you can scale. And what happens when you, first of all, you need cash flow. So like you need to consistently be doing online sales. Yes. But you also need to have cash coming in from other areas. You can't just have one sales strategy. It's not that you're not going to grow. So you need to do wholesale. So right now when you're selling, are you approaching, so you're basically approaching stores and retailers online, I'm assuming that's your main method. Yes. So we do, I, I approach people, um, like, you know, if we have new CBD stores open up in the area, um, but it's just tough because I can't always get everybody. And thankfully, sometimes I've had people reach out to me. So they find me somehow. And, you know, like that, those are like my, if I have like East coast clients, that's kind of how, because I don't know about them because I'm based in Los Angeles. Right. So I do my best to kind of look at this area and, um, you know, always like shell out, shell out, sell myself out. Like I always reach out and then, you know, say you get like, you know, 25% of who you reach out to, and then they hopefully become like, you know, returning order customers. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, we've been better at that because, you know, it's great to get a wholesale account, but I think I want to improve how many times we, they come back in order and that's been getting better. Um, and I think I'm just learning that you have to really kind of pay attention to your clients and communicate with them and make them feel special yeah. because I had lost, I lost a few of them, but I think I didn't do that. Yeah. So, you know, huge, huge learning lesson because there's so much competition, you know, there, I mean, so everyone is your customer and your client. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even though they're retailers, um, it's still, it is a personal transaction. It's not 100%. personal in the sense of emotional, but it is a personal transaction. And so you, you know, if you were selling to a customer, when you sell online, I don't know how you package your stuff and how you sell it, but I, I'm assu- like, is there some sort of card or there's some sort of branding item? Yeah. Like, what do you do? I, mm-hmm. So in the beginning, you know, I was like shipping and like, you know, padded envelopes, but then recently I upgraded to like cute little boxes and I mm-hmm. got like branded tape and stamps. And, um, from the very beginning we made like product postcards mm-hmm. just cause it's really important for me to people to understand what are they using and how to use it. I, I used to do this a lot more often. I probably should start doing this again, but I would write like a little thank you note. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just try to like let our customers know that it's a real person on the other end. Yeah. But then I also was thinking for a while, like, what if that makes my company look small? So this is one of the biggest hurdles for just starting off entrepreneurs and small business owners is that there is this, yeah. there is this weird fear that they don't want other people to know that it's them. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, when you're a successful business, you have like a factory a line and a whole team yeah. of people and mm-hmm. PR people and someone just for your social media. No. And I think that what connects with consumers more than anything is authenticity and truth and your story. And so for me, your handwritten note was a genius idea. 
And too few companies do that. And so for me, immediately go back to the handwritten note. And again, you know, it doesn't have to be long and you can even print or have cards printed that are small. It's like the size of a business card. And on one side it says, thank you. And on the other side, you literally sit down and this is when efficiency comes into play. You sit down while you're watching a movie or while you're watching the latest show that you're watching on Netflix Mm -hmm. and you just spend the entire time scrawling out, thank you so much for your order, you know, and signing your name. Then you have hundreds of these cards ready to go. So there's no excuse not to include one. Yeah, that makes sense. It's really important that people know that you're not a huge company. Like, especially when it comes to millennials, it's so refreshing because millennials are, are really aware and much more open to the practices of big business and small business. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're like calling out like the me too movement wouldn't have happened if there were, if there were like these, you know, hundreds of thousands of younger kids who are like, no, this is ridiculous. We're going to, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. so interesting. And so there's, there's this power to younger new consumers and like, they're not going to stand for like bad business practices, companies that are like not environmentally sound. And so for them to know that it is you, you are the business, you're the person behind it. It's why it started. Mm -hmm. They should know that you were fired. This is part of your story. They should know that at the end of the day, it's you hand packing those things. The reason why I asked you what you do when you send out your online orders is because that thoughtfulness of like writing a thank you note and making sure to include that, I think is really important. Like sign your name. You're not just, you know, it's not like the team. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's literally your name. When you become big, I guarantee you, you are going to get emails from people who are like, I remembered when you started. I remember way back when, when you, like you sent me a handwritten note. This is going Mm -hmm. to be stuff like, I, I guarantee it. I'm like predicting your future right now. Because that, that is what happens. So like I get emails, I get DMS on Instagram all the time where people are like, Sonia, I don't know if you remember me. Like I had a brand, a t-shirt brand and we, we sold at your very, very first few shows. And like, since Mm -hmm. then I've gone on to do this, 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 but I remember that even back then you used to do this like dance party with the DJs. And like, I just wanted to say like, I'm so proud of your company and how big it's come. Like, this, you are creating every single customer and transaction that you have is someone that you have a connection with. And that connection, Mm -hmm. it can be lifelong. And so if you connect with your consumer and they really love you and are like blown away with the whole experience, which is you writing a handwritten note in there, they are going to be more likely to tell their friends about your company. And that's how you grow direct to consumer sales. It's the best, the the best money that you can spend is with people who have already spent money with you. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, totally. Cause like you don't no longer have to like spend money on customer acquisition. Exactly. So you're spending all this money trying to do Instagram ads, which you can no longer do because of the new rules and yeah. laws. And so you're sitting here now being like, well, this sucks because I'm in a world that is, it's like the wild West. And currently yeah you know, I can't even sell my products in a bunch of States, but the States that I can sell in, they have all these regulations Mm -hmm. and laws and you know, it's tough. And so fine, that's the game that that's what, you know, what the laws and the rules are. 
So you yeah. have to turn your focus onto people what I who can do. exactly. And what you can do yeah. is you can convince the people who are already spending money with you that you are like the best thing since sliced bread. So if they have a really great experience, everything from the unpackaging to then using to then, and this is really, really key, the follow-up. So I don't know if you have a strategy or if you track, but like you should be doing something, think, create a program and a strategy where it's like, okay, six months after and there are programs out here, out there that you can use, there's technology out there mm -hmm. that you can use, or you can be super old fashioned and do it like using an Excel sheet. But, you know, you should like six months after I ship a product to someone, I should send them a postcard. Like I should out of the blue, Ooh, send okay. them a postcard or send them something that's like, hey, just wanted to say that I hope you have a really great day. It's a, it's a reminder and a connection about you and your brand. That's a great idea. You can do that through snail mail, but you can also, the amazing thing is all these people have Email. ordered. Exactly. So yeah. you should be, what? It, so you probably get the order, you send it off, and then you probably send them, do you send, I don't know what um, platform you're using. Do they get an email saying that the product is shipped or that? Yes. Um, I use Shopify and ShipStation. Okay, perfect. We've had customers, but we don't have as many reviews I'd like. But when I do talk to them on email, like I had a guy who ordered like three, three of the same thing yesterday. And he's like, I love your products so much. Thank you so much. He emails me directly, which is great, but he doesn't leave a review on our website. Right. Okay. We're going to take a quick break from our conversation with Monia to hear a word from our sponsor, Constant Contact. The reason why I love Constant Contact so much is because first of all, I am a marketing geek. But second of all, for all of us small business owners who complain about the deadly algorithm, I know you know what I'm talking about, the best thing you can do for your business is use email marketing. When you send an email, it actually reaches your customers' inboxes. This is really, really important for everyone listening. Take a second and think about that. Everyone puts so much importance and so much effort towards Instagram. And while I love Instagram, the algorithm is a freaking nightmare. So get on board with email marketing. Constant Contact is who we use for everything. And they've got a special offer for you right now. Calling all small business owners, nonprofit pioneers, and savvy side hustlers. If you're looking for guidance in the noisy world of online marketing, Constant Contact has your back. Their team has the expert guidance, tools, and technology you need to successfully build and market your business. So whether you want to step up your email marketing game with customizable email templates or grow your e-commerce using their Shopify integration, Constant Contact has everything you need to achieve online marketing greatness. To get 30% off your first three months, visit constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the promo code unique at checkout. That's constantcontact.com slash unique and enter the code all caps U-N-I-Q-U-E. Here you go though. So you're going to create a list, like you should be creating a list right now while we're talking and you I'm know, taking notes. Yes, perfect. Right now, you need to create a giant list, a to-do list, which is ways to connect with the customer after. So there's everything from sending them a postcard. The only reason I mentioned snail mail is because so few people utilize it. 
everyone's digital this, digital that, getting something in the mail. You know, a postcard is one thing, but like if if you actually send them like a card that's in an envelope, like Mm -hmm. they have to physically open the card. Like this to me is like a huge moment of like connection and brand loyalty. Yeah. So I would say come up with some ways that you can do that, but come up with all the ways that you can contact them afterwards. You do not want to be too pushy. I am going to warn you because you don't want to be like, okay, thank you for buying. Now here, leave a review online. And then the next week it's going to be like, now I want you to go follow us on Instagram. Hey, if you hashtag and like tag five friends, I'm going to do this. Like that becomes overwhelming, but come up with a strategy. Again, you are your own consumer. So what would you, what would impress you? Think about companies that you like and that you've ordered from and think about how they email or how they keep in touch. And You know, maybe it's an email. You definitely should, though, ask people to leave a review. Like, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But also, if people don't leave a review, but they email you or they give you amazing feedback on Facebook or Instagram or um, any way that they can contact you, like, that can be turned into content. Just because someone says something over email, you can take that quote you know, turn it into a graphic for Instagram, turn it into another graphic for Facebook. And now you have two pieces of content and you're using the first, the person's first name. You know, you're not, you're not encroaching on privacy, but it's a real person. And like you, you add that to your Instagram and get something from it. It's not a review. That's okay. They didn't leave a a review on the website, but for you to be showing customer feedback in other ways, just be creative about it. Think outside Mm -hmm. the box. And I think that's really important. Um, But to go back to the reason that I started talking about the consumer experience is because again, your best money spent is on people that already know your brand and have already spent money with you instead of acquiring new customers. So I'm going to focus on customers that you already have, which means all of those retail accounts too. So what do you do anything for people after they order from you aside from sending the product, obviously? Or is that like for my website or my wholesale clients? For your wholesale clients. Uh, honestly, no. I think it's like I'm kind of in over my head a little bit too at this point where like there's a, there's a lot, like a lot mm-hmm. of, I mean, you can never have too many. I'll take all of them, but you know, I just have like a lot more clients now than I'm used to. So I'm trying to figure out, are you using a system for like, I mean, inventory is all run through, um, Shopify and you're using a distributor, right? Or no, you're still shipping everything out. Um, I don't, I don't have a distributor. I'm shipping everything okay, out. Right. So like, I don't have a fulfillment center because it's just kind of shady with this industry. Like I don't, like, yeah. I, I just am not. And also like, you know, I, I, I really enjoy packing orders. I feel like it's such a special thing. And like, I t- it takes up a lot of time. It's probably not efficient. And I probably can't do it forever. But like at this time, you know, I really like, you know, that like for me, that personal thing of like packing somebody's order who gave me their money because they believe in my stuff, like it mm-hmm. feels really special. So I really like doing that and I don't really trust anybody else doing that. Um, okay, keep doing that. So here's the thing with email though. I will I will throw out there. I get added, yeah. I get automatically added. People add me all the time to their emails and I haven't opted yeah. in and it kills me. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, like, me oh, too. Makes sense. It's like, yeah. oh, now I have Sonia's email address. I am going to add her to my email list. And they're like so proud of themselves. The thing is, 
I literally know that I like you put me on the list. And so now you're force feeding me. The thing is that like, it's so interesting. I would say that with your wholesale clients, you do need some way to track them. So you could add them to an email list anyway. You may not never, you may never use it because the other thing is when there's, when you get to that level, you're using a third party to email, right? You're not, it's not coming from your Mm -hmm. personal inbox. And I think this communication there, there are your, they're like the bloodline of your company. You need to interact with them personally. So it needs to come from your email address, not like a, uh, you know, an email so marketing not like company. A generic, yeah. So you're yeah. saying I should email them myself. You need to email them yourself. I mean, you're, you're the, okay. they need, cause they do need to know again, this comes back to your like, Oh God. So then they're going to know that it's like actually yeah. me doing everything. Yes. They need to know that. Um, but you know, it's something I, I, I just think is so, I, I hear you, you know, but I think it's just so much, it's like, you know, I've just been like, and, and two minds about that. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like very open and honest because I'm like, I literally do all of it and I'm proud of it. And sometimes I'm just like, no, thank you, Shanti Wellness team. And there's like no team. It's just me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just like confused about, I guess I just have to like figure out a way to just really believe that like it's okay to let everybody know that we're small. Yes. I just don't want to be like, you know, overlooked because it's just me, I guess. Well, I mean, that's how all companies start. All companies yeah, start true. with one or two or three people. Yeah. Literally. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Steve Jobs started, you know, all, all of the great pioneers, they started in their garages. Like this is not a new story. Um, and people connect with it. So I think that like there really isn't any of you on the website and on the about page. Everything is yeah, like, no. it's not, you know, you need to, I think, be more okay with being the face of the company and the voice. And I think that will help add, you know, to be perfectly honest, it'll add actually some like customer, um, in a weird way, people will feel, I think more connected and like, like they'll trust you more. I know that sounds strange, but it's like, especially when it comes to like CBD products and adaptogens, Mm -hmm. like the stuff that you're talking about, I think people are naturally like against big companies and corporate interests. So I think this is a huge thing that you should be like, I'm just literally on your about page right now. And I'm like, Holy shit, she's not anywhere. So that's the number one comfortable with that. Yeah. You need to change that. You need to like own that. It's you own the story, own the fact that like you're building this company and you can't wait to help your customers and to have your customers bring you to that next level. They're part of your story. But like so right now, what would now, be the best way to do that? Talk about yourself. Like right now on your about page, it's just very much like it's it's very much sounds like a like a company, you know? Yeah. And yes, you are a company, but you're an individual. So there's no reason why you wouldn't talk about yourself. And if you don't want to have your picture, that's fine. But like even seeing you like puts a face to it, and it's like, oh, I love this company, Shanti. So I just bought this, you know, this jar of of wellness powder and it's by this really amazing girl. She started the company because she was fired and she was just like depressed and in a dark hole. And she realized like what she was doing was not making her happy. So she started this company. Like that is how story spreads from friend to friend. And that's how you increase sales. You're not going to increase sales by not having any sort of emotional impact with your Mm -hmm. potential customers. So 
we well, only that's, that's really eliminating yeah we only have a couple more minutes and I just want to make sure I think you already understand the point of like connecting more with your direct to consumer web buyers I really mm-hmm. want to nail home the point that I really think this could help your business in connecting individually with the stores that you sell to. And like, I don't know if we're talking about 50 stores or a hundred stores or 20 or 200, but no, no number is big enough to not do that. So if you start to get overwhelmed and this is my advice to all the small businesses who like don't quite know how to do this because they, they're like, but I'm running the Instagram. I'm also running fulfillment. I'm packaging all the orders. Like I only have so many hours in a day. So if you start to get overwhelmed, like hire someone else, literally like one hour a week. We're talking about, you pay them $20 (laughs) to just organize your, the retail side of things, which means like, first of all, you can reach out on social media, ironically, because that's where you already have followers and people who like your brand and you throw out, you know, Hey, I'm starting to get overwhelmed. It's just me. I'm a business owner. I'm, I'm a female founder and we're growing really fast, but I need help. Is there anyone out there who can help me by being the person who takes over the Instagram account and like see who emails you at that point, you need to be really organized with exactly what you want from them. You have to be very clear with communication. So like, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay you five dollars a post or I'm going to pay you for three hours of work a week and in that three hours what I'm expecting is that you set posts you know like you've got to be very clear on what you want from them Um, but if you're very clear and you have a style guide and you have ideas of what the posts should be then it's very easy to find those people they're out there there's college students high school students like there's so there's so many there's moms there's dads like there are people out there who want to help you. So you just need to ask for help. So ask for help. Got it. Got it. Next step for sure. What would you say if you feel like your Instagram have been shadow banned? Uh-huh. Um, Cause I feel like I'm struggling with this because of the same thing being in this industry, Instagram and Facebook, you know, dislike us. So I feel like, you know, we were doing really well on, on social and it was like helping our sales. And then there was just like a huge experience plateau a few months ago yeah and we haven't grown we get barely any engagement yeah Nobody well our posts yeah so, so should I just stop caring about Instagram no but it's a valid it's a valid concern so here's the thing you're not alone in this and so mm-hmm. when people are like what happened have is it just me do they you know are do they have it out for me no they don't but um in general, like Facebook at the beginning was a social network. You could still call it a social network, but it's very much pay to play. And like in 2016, Mm -hmm. people were predicting that it was going to be pay to play. And that was three years ago. So now it definitely is. I will say this. um, The most important thing, like you've got, you do have to be strategic because you're a business owner, but just know when you look at your analytics, look at the percentage of people that you actually reach with your posts and just be okay with that's the number that we're going to reach. So with, with unique, um, not with unique markets, with my personal Instagram, Sonia Rasula, only like 18% of the people who follow me get my posts. Mm. That's, that's a fact. I check it out Mm -hmm. every, you know, every so often I go into the analytics and I'm like, let's see. 
And so, yeah. yeah, so there's a bunch of people, tens of thousands of people following me. They opted to follow me. They clicked that button that said follow, but only 18% are getting my posts. So mm-hmm. you can't be, the thing is like, you can't be mad at that and you can't blame that suddenly for like why your business isn't doing great. You know, doing sales through Instagram, through one thing is like putting all of your eggs in one basket. So to everyone, to you and to everyone listening, I say, here's the thing. In order to be a successful business, you have to have many different streams to sell. Instagram is just one of them. And Facebook is just one. And there's in-person events. And then there, you know, there's so much more to do. So yes, no one is seeing your posts, but just get over it because it's not going to improve you know, that is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the mindset I'm in now because for a while I was just so bummed. Instagram is not a source for sales. Like it never was, that's not what it was created for. It was created for Mm -hmm. community. You have to look at it that way. And if you switch that mindset, you will, the people that you are reaching and the people who follow you, who do get the posts, and there are things that you can do to increase people seeing your posts, which is you have to have really good engagement. So you need people to comment. You need people to post emojis, not just like photos, but you need to engage them. So start asking them questions in your posts so that people answer. Do you know what I mean? It's engagement. So, it's Instagram okay, yeah. track. That's when you talk about the deadly algorithm, it, they mm-hmm. don't care if people like your photos. They want people to engage because it's a platform for community and for people to be social. Double tapping mm-hmm. a photo is lazy. They don't care about that anymore. They want people to engage. So still do Instagram, still put time and energy into it. But what I'm saying is it's a, it's a shift in mindset. You need to be community focused and community minded. You can't just talk to people. You have to talk with them. And as soon as you switch that mindset, you know, if you don't have time to post Mm -hmm. a bunch of times every week, that's fine. Three times a week, but make sure that you do post three times a week and that you're just truly Mm -hmm. engaging with people and giving them value, not just like talking at them and trying to sell that will never work. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, um, I, I think that my whole business, my thing I try to remember and when I forget, I try to steer back is to give value to people, even if it's like in our email or my Instagram post. I try not to make it too much just about the product, just so it's not like selling, 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 selling. Mm-hmm. Um, and more about how you'll feel with it and, you know, self-care tips and things like that. So perfect. Yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to keep that in mind even more and just not let put so much weight on Instagram, like you're saying, and think of it more as community instead of as like a selling channel. Yeah. You know, exactly. cause that's what I was thinking of it as, you know, <laughs> the selling channel. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sonia. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay. That was today's episode. I hope you learned a lot. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, do not underestimate the power of a handwritten note. Embrace the personal connection between you and your customers. And trust me, when opening boxes, a handwritten note will definitely stand out. Number two, when you receive great customer feedback in an email or a direct message, that can be used for marketing. Remember, you should take the best bits and pieces, so probably 10 words or less, and then use a program to actually create a good-looking graphic. You're not just screen grabbing an email or a DM conversation and putting that onto social media. That looks terrible, people. So there you go. Instantly, you have content 
Plus, it shows your followers and fans the great reviews and comments that you're getting from customers. Takeaway number three is that you must diversify the different sales streams. You cannot rely on one thing, aka Instagram, to sell products. You've got to use many, many different sales streams. So you could start advertising on different properties like Pinterest or using Google AdWords. You can also use a real sales strategy where you don't just rely on online and you start doing trade shows or selling at markets. Diversify, diversify, diversify. And takeaway number four is that being fired can sometimes be what pushes you forward. Don't be ashamed and learn from your experience. What were you not happy with? And make sure that in your next role or your next business, you correct that. The other thing to keep in mind is that when you start a business and you're a sole founder or a sole entrepreneur, you really need to relish in that. Don't try to make it seem like it's we instead of me. I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there forget that it's okay to be small. In fact, it's what makes you different from giant corporations. So I believe that customers want authenticity and that that will help you reach and find your audience. Woo! Okay, well, that was our last episode. Thank you so much for listening to season one. We have loved hearing from you so, so, so much. It takes a very, very small but mighty team to create this podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts and follow if you're listening to us on Spotify. Your support helps get the podcast out to many, many more listeners. Also, if you have not given us a five-star review yet, yes, five stars, people, then please do so. And if you've got a minute, please also leave a review. Again, all of this helps us reach a wider audience. And get ready for season two. Keep hustling and keep grinding. Until then, talk to you soon.